0: Welcome back to the CTO Studio. I'm your host, Nikolai Walker. In today's episode, we're going to be chatting with Igor Mamashin, who is the CTO for Agile Stacks. He wrote an article about the seven deadly sins of infrastructure as code, and this episode addresses the first one of that list, which is security shortcuts, as well as a couple others.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's a good plan. So the goal is to help others to recognize this uh patterns and avoid them, you know, especially uh, as we are talking to CTOs, how as a CTO can I look at uh, what my DevOps team is working, and, uh, working on and uh, how can I recognize those, uh, uh, I would say, anti-patterns to tell them to avoid it, right? This will hopefully help our fellow CTOs to get their DevOps automation
2: into shape, right? Love it. So why don't you why don't you take us through the very first one, which immediately I can tell is an issue that I have.
1: So you find yourself uh, uh, guilty. Yeah. Well, that's that's not, that's not just you and uh, security shortcuts. We are talking about uh, number one sin potentially is security shortcuts. Is that? Proper security takes time to implement and oftentimes in the rush to push our products to market, we take shortcuts and as you write infrastructure as code, you will oftentimes uh, also initially take those shortcuts, you know, eh, I'm not going to parameterize this password and store it in vault, I'm going to hard code it or eh, you know, who needs to have a separate role. Uh, For each bucket, I'm going to use one role for all the S3 buckets that I have and all sorts of shortcuts, right? But uh, at the end, uh, you will end up with uh, infrastructure that uh, has too many shortcuts, uh, um, you know, and uh, not enough best practices implemented. Like SSL, TLS, DNS, that should be part of every microservice, every application. It's just a basic requirement in my view. And if you go uh, without that, you expose yourself to risk, right?
2: Is there ever a case for open permissions in order to deploy, not open permissions in order to empower developers to get work done? Is there ever a case for that or should you just never, ever, ever do that?
1: Developers uh, will develop in their development environments, right? But what you do in uh, your stage and production environments is uh, a totally different thing. So, yeah, you know, I can't uh, uh, emphasize that, uh, you know, I don't think that uh, uh, this is uh, an option, you know, if you are not implementing some of the basic security practices in your AWS accounts, you essentially are risking those accounts to be hijacked. You know, people will start mining Bitcoin there or start stealing your data and everything. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to come up with uh, applications that are completely insensitive to security, right?
2: Yeah, and so my fear, especially in remote teams, is that if you limit, for instance, only one person has access to the Bastion server that accesses the private network, um, and that person 's fast asleep and and the devs are stuck because they don 't have the keys, and so now everything kind of degrades to oh we 're waiting on so and so we 're waiting on so and so but but you 're saying th- that that should just be codified and fixed through permissions and as a, as opposed to sort of sharing keys.
1: Yeah, well, that's the beauty of infrastructure as code, right? Is that uh, you standardize, you automate, you rely on your deployment pipeline to push code into different environments. And uh, you shouldn't really depend on a single person to do some kind of manual action in order to allow part of work to happen, right?
2: Maybe that is the red flag, which is... If I'm waiting on someone, then I have a I haven't done this part. I, I have security shortcuts. Okay, what's 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 the second one, Igor?
1: Is uh, not implementing uh, end-to-end automation. This is actually uh, what we just discussed. In fact, uh, uh, development teams sometimes cherry pick, I'm going to automate this, but I'm not going to automate that because that part is just too hard and I will just do it manually. But uh, at the end, you're just creating uh, a weak link in this process. Every time there is a human involved, I'm sorry to say, but that oftentimes ends up to be the weak link, some, somebody you have to wait on and somebody who can potentially make a mistake right? Because if you do things manually, you do them do them differently uh, every time. And uh, uh, yeah, uh, think about times uh, when we have this uh, headline stories is that airline reservation systems are down and uh, nobody can board their plane, you know, and they are not able to fix the system for 24 hours due to failed upgrade. Typically the reason for this uh, uh, Outage is not a software bug, but a configuration problem that happened during the upgrade, and now they have a build, uh, they are not able to roll back that upgrade. just tells me that uh, they have a manual link in that process where somebody just made a mistake and uh, and now they are stuck with uh, undoing that error you know.
2: Now, uh, that end-to-end automation includes the just the CI, CD pipeline, the infrastructure as code, like having end-to-end automation.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I should be able to push a button and deploy my entire environment, my dev, tests, production environment, and then I should push a button and deploy my entire application, including all the microservices and databases. Ideally, that's the goal. I mean, that's, it, it, it's definitely an achievable goal. you know. And every time you have uh, uh, some manual links in this process, uh, that's a potential for error. I'm not saying that humans are completely out of the loop. You can still include a human to review things during deployment, You know, to make sure that automation is working uh, uh, as appropriate, you know, Uh, a human might, in fact, approve a particular deployment, uh, give it uh, a green light, so to speak. You know, I'm not saying that humans should not be part of this process, but uh, we should not rely on human actions uh, for the critical tasks in any of this deployment chain, because that becomes a weak link. It it works, uh, but it doesn't always work, and that's a problem, right?
2: And when it doesn't work, it's really bad because you can't get hold of so and so. Okay, so number one was uh, taking shortcuts with security setup and and permissions. Number two is to not implement end to end automation, uh, where we take out some mission, critical people out of the critical path. What is number three, Igor? My machine.
1: Number three is uh, insufficient automated testing. So you see, infrastructure as code is uh, essentially code, you know, and we should treat it as a software code and uh, uh, we should apply all the traditional software development best practices to infrastructure as code as well. That means that we should version it, we should write automated tests, we should run these tests every time there is a change and we need to deploy uh, changes to environments. And we should also test for edge use cases. You know, I don't have to convince you that you have to write uh, unit tests in your regular software to test for some error condition, right? But uh, at this time, still a lot of people are not testing for some edge conditions in uh, uh, their infrastructure as code, you know, and uh, that, that is again potential for error, unpredictable error, you know. And so, if you do these things right, you should try to automate uh, uh, testing of your infrastructure as code and test for edge use cases, not just for happy paths, which is easy, but test for the edge use cases
2: as well. So edge use case, for instance, installing a certificate but not actually having generated, or the c- c- generation of the certificate fails, for instance. Let's take something like Terraform, for instance. Do you? I can't even visualize what a what a test script looks like. Is it a specific scripting language for Terraform, or 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 do you just write it in code somehow?
1: Uh, we use uh, a number of various uh, testing tools. Uh, Including uh, our own uh, hub CLI combined with uh, um, make files and uh, shell scripts to run Terraform and then to run verification that certain endpoints are deployed, those uh, URLs that are supposed to give you a response, give you the right response. And we are, in fact, running these tests uh, daily in all three cloud providers, AWS, Azure, and uh, GCP, to make sure that our uh, stack templates continue to work. And um, when somebody makes a change, uh, commits it to Git, and uh, uh, it causes uh, errors, we can uh, catch that situation quite fast, you know, without uh, waiting for this change to be deployed to production.
0: Thanks again for joining us here in the CTO studio. I want to give a big shout out to Igor Mamachine who perfectly delineated the seven deadly sins of infrastructure as code. And just for review, we want to make sure that you get them. The first one is security shortcuts. Sin number two is not implementing automation. And sin number three is insufficient testing. I would encourage you to go check out his website, which is agilestacks.com. Also, please check out sevenctos.com. Please subscribe in iTunes to the podcast if you're enjoying what you're hearing. And for a continued conversation on this topic or others, please join us at ctostudio.fm. As always, we will see you. next time.